You didn't tell me I was recording. I'm always recording. Daddy, would you say that if a, a demisexual had a heart on, it'd be a a demi? You get it? Like a like a semi? You get it? You get it? No, I would never say that. Daddy, what's your safe word? <laughs> demi sweet. <laughs> Welcome back to What's a Safe Word? I'm Amp. I'm Mr. Christopher. And today... We are d- all things Demi. We are we are Demi stands. We we love we love uh, Cool for the Summer. Uh, what's your favorite Demi Lovato song? Go. Well, how about my favorite Britney song? Demi more, Demi more, Demi, Demi, Demi more. Okay, she, what, what's your where favorite? Where she s- sings about Demi more. Uh-huh. And what's your favorite Demi Moore movie then? Uh, Charlie's Angels. Actually, no, About Last Night is my favorite. Wait, you the reboot of Charlie's Angels is your favorite movie? Well, no, you asked Demi Moore movie. Well, I, I know, but... So, I liked her what in about Charlie's Ghost? Angels. Uh, that was really? A little, uh, the number of times we reference Ghost and that's no, not your favorite Demi no, Moore movie? About Last Night is my favorite of Demi Moore. I thought she did really good in About Last Night. About Last Night. So, <laughs> welcome back, y'all. It's a sex education podcast. It's got a few kinks. Um, we, speaking of last night, actually, we just watched... Uh, what did we watch last night? Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Thank you. That was your first time. It was my first time seeing it. I'm I'm not a Priscilla virgin anymore. Which what a, what a movie! If you if, if we're gonna catch up this week, what a movie! Yeah, and I wish we had watched it before we went to Sydney last year because we walked right by the Imperial Hotel. Um, oh yeah. I well, why didn't we out. watch it before Sydney? Because you never like to watch old movies. I suggest. And I was actually shocked because it was Daddy's Day. You watched what I wanted to watch, and we watched Priscilla. Why is that shocking? I also took you out to a nice dinner. We relaxed. No, I was shocked that you would watch an old movie with me. <laughs> that was the shocking oh part. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, this last week though uh, has oh it's the it's the last week of Pride that that's been ha- happening. That is it, it's the last. Week I mean, of, I think Pride continues. No, Pride's over after. No, week. no, no. Can't, I think it continues for a little bit, like all year. Yeah. No. Well, no. Pride Month here in San Francisco also coincides with. The, the the 20 I think the 26th I think it's June 26th this year is what pride falls on mm-hmm. um and so it's the final stretch of pride month we've been we've, we've been very prideful in general but we have been prideful pride month is always one of those busy months for us especially during uh covid apparently when all things are electronic and online so we've just been pushing yeah and thank ourselves. you to all our followers who bought our pride t-shirt because oh, yeah. we raised a lot of money for the Trezor, trevor project we did and and that, still raising money great, yeah if you want we'll put the link down below for our, our, our tiltify which is how we're raising money this year for the trevor project i think we're just shy of three thousand and that is before any shirt sales wow that is really? before shirt sales wow so, so we're going to hit their goal then of five, right? We are. And okay. uh, on the day that this comes out, literally, as this is as this podcast goes live for the, the general public, we are doing an all-day stream, um, subathon charity stream for I the Trevor Project. I love subathons. Well, not... <laughs> How many not, subs can you get? <laughs> apparently, we can get, you know... And can they be in a thong? A subathong? No. Subathong. Oh, my God. No. You're going to get deleted on Twitch. We're over on Twitch, though, right now. Um, so you can stop this podcast or... Go over there after this podcast goes up because we're going to be doing it all day, playing some games with our community, playing some games with friends, and Daddy will even be there doing God knows what. You sound that you say that like you're shocked. Well, I say that like I Daddy can't wait will to even see. Be there. I can't wait to see what Daddy does. I can't wait to see how this turns out. I know. But other than that, what what else has been up in your up in your grill? What's been going on? What's the four one one? You daddies I've, keep me so young. I've been sick for the last two weeks, so oh, yeah, I'm just we trying have. to get better. 
We have been a little sick. So I've got a little bronchitis going on. Yeah, so I've got my finger on the mute button. If daddy turns to cough, I'll just... <coughs> Did you hear that? Mm. Hopefully not. Nope. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but today's episode, um, for all intents and purposes... I used to say intensive purposes. Have you ever heard someone it say that? It is intensive purposes. It, no, no. Intense and purposes. I always say... Why, I, why are they camping? Why are they intense? I'll allow it. Um, <laughs> for all intents and purposes, though, today's episode is all about what, Daddy? I forgot now. Demi. <laughs> Demi Moore. <laughs> Demi Moore. Demi Lovato. Demi Sexual. Demi Sexual. Demi The Attack in Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> and other, I guess other Final Fantasies have The Attack Demi, which actually doesn't do 50%. It actually does 25% at the first level, 50% at the second, and 75% at the third level. Never made sense to me. But... Daddy, what is Demi? What does Demi mean, I guess, to start off with? Like, what is the term Demi? I don't know. I was hoping you were going to tell me. I was, I was going no, to find out everything. No, we referred to it. We even t- in between, like half. Remember? Sure. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, um, I, I'm here for the education. <laughs> teach, pup. Teach. So this weekend um, that we're doing this podcast, there's also an episode that goes live where I kind of talk about uh, my experience and describe it in more depth. But Demi is for all intents and purposes, pretty much in between being sexual and not being sexual. So Demi means half. So it is right in between asexual or people that don't prefer or don't have sexual attraction or wants and and needs in the sexual department um, and allosexual, which is people that like sex. That is what... Oh, I've never heard allosexual. Yeah, that's kind of the the two differentiations uh, for this term. They like it all. Like, yeah, well, not all, but they like sex, like fully. Yeah. Okay. Where a demisexual person, um, to start off the podcast, is someone who only has sex or sexual attraction in this case when there's an emotional bond attached to it. Sure, which is hard to get over a nap. What? It's hard to get a sexual or an oh, emotional I heard nap. App? No, no, no. <laughs> I would love a nap. No, an app. Sure, sure, and we can we can get into that. Um, but I wanted to just have a podcast where where me and Daddy kind of dissected it in longer form, not not so succinctly cut and edited like the video will be. Um, but is just a, a conversation where we can kind of go through maybe questions that people have online, but also questions that Daddy has in person. Mm. What's your questions? Go! Oh my gosh! No, I'm, just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So you you kind of understand what demisexual is, right? So now that you've explained it to me, I didn't know it was a thing, but it kind of, it makes sense to me. And I'm like looking at my friends around me and I'm thinking, you know, if they knew this about themselves, it might clear up a lot of misgivings they have about themselves and their relationships. Like, for instance, I have a a couple friend of mine who one of them loves to go out and get anonymous sex at sex clubs and da 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 and is very is very uh like my partner can do the same it's fine and the partner allows him to but the partner just doesn't feel engaged to doing so but yeah. also kind of feels bad about himself because he feels like he should be out at sex clubs like his partner is and enjoying sex like he is so he gets down on himself because I think he needs an emotional attachment, but isn't allowing himself because mainstream society tells us that we don't necessarily have to have that. Sex doesn't always have to be emotional. Sure. Well, no, you are correct. So like for, for, for me, when I put together the episode about demisexuality, I asked my, my, our community, Mm -hmm. our community, our community, um, like what questions they had. 
And there's always tons of questions that come from people, but the first one is just like, what it is, which we've covered. The second one is like, well, how does that work then? Um, and a good chunk of my video, I kind of talk about sex work because the, I, I actually feel like we should step back a second and say that like this, this podcast is meant to just talk about my experiences as someone who identifies as demisexual mm -hmm. and also as someone who is a sex educator and learns about themselves all the time through the content that we make. Like mm. I, 10, 15 years ago, I wouldn't have known any of the things that I'm into, obviously, because I didn't know what the stuff was. Mm. Similar to, I'm sure you found kinks throughout the years that turned you on that you might have been turned off from when you first were a yeah. sexual person. You grow, you discover more about yourself and, and you learn. But if you think about it, demisexual is the norm way for, especially for heterosexuals, to engage sexually. Dating is a big part of getting to know someone before sex. Yeah, right? but 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 to that, and I, I, I'm still not done with my disclaimer, so give me one second before we dive into that. I just want to say that like while we're talking about terminology or labels or identities that, that, that do exist, um, there's always a lot of people like, why do we need so many terms? Why do we need identities? Mm. Why do we need all of this and that? And to that, I'm, I, I don't know what your take is on that, Daddy, but to that, like, I get that there's a lot of identities and a lot of terms and LGBTQIA+, you know, there's, there's lots to the, the acronyms and definitions, but there is nothing wrong with asking questions. There's nothing wrong with allowing people to identify with things that they feel and gives them the words or, or power to mm -hmm. explain who they are. And there was always, there's always a few naysayers that are like, do we really need to talk about it and explain it and define it? Yeah, because I like that term and I like that it is able to express an idea and a feeling that and, normally doesn't get expressed. And it's fascinating. And people's Thank you. <laughs> sexuality and human interactions is fascinating how everyone's wired. Now, and then also, you know, my generation is prone to say, well, they didn't used to have demisexuals when I was coming up, and da da da. da. They did. We just know more about them now. Yeah, we didn't have those. <laughs> so we didn't have those words back. They just they weren't identified, and so they were in the closet and probably didn't even know that about themselves. Yeah, because it wasn't talked about. Well, and so so I just want to start out with that saying like you don't got to know every single definition and term, but like being open to that is not a bad thing. And actual studies show that it helps us to not only explain and understand like the the queer exp like experience but mm -hmm. it also helps all people that are sexual to just kind of differentiate and define and better um allocate like where their feelings are and like where they lie on that spectrum because sex and gender is a spectrum yeah but what i was also trying to say is mm -hmm. society has leaned towards the demisexual uh a lot until like recent years so what now, I, I mean, in the especially specifically in the gay community, where it is very common for uh, guys to hook up with each other and not having an emotional bond, that has become commonplace in, in a lot of circles. Whereas um, 20, 30 years ago, you did form that emotional bond with someone before you hooked up and had sex with them. Sure. Anonymous sex was very... Uh, in the minority back then, and now it's grown over time. I think that's actually a really good place to start with like misconceptions, though, is that a lot of people, and I think can get confused by by the term and the explanation of it, because they're like, well, why wouldn't you want a relationship with someone that wasn't emotional? 
And to that, I would say it's not just relationships. It's also sex. Yeah. Like I, I, where, where normal people that go out to a bar, speak normal, <laughs> we're almost there. We're almost to normal where people can go out to bars again after COVID. Um, where normal people can go out to a bar and they can see someone hot. They have that choice of being like, do I want to go home and have sex with that person or not? Like they could, they can make that choice. We're like, for me, I don't care about that person sexually. I can, I can look at them and be like, oh, you're, you're conventionally attractive. You know, I can look at them and be like, oh, they got muscles or a nice face or a great haircut, but I, I am not going to want to have sex with that person. I'm not attracted to that person where I think a lot of people, get, they hear the terminology and they're like, oh, am I demisexual? And then they kind of think about it. And it's like, well, everyone's demisexual then, which they're not because, yeah, because you know. I, I'm prone to, <clears throat> I thought that too, when you were describing it too, mm. because I'm very, um, while I can have anonymous sex and and something with someone, um, I immediately get turned off if the personality doesn't click. Yeah. Um, so I can push myself through it, mm-hmm. but I don't enjoy it. But I don't consider myself demisexual. Sure, yeah. because you can you can turn it on and and have sex and fun times if you want. I can or not. find something to do, and that's what ball gags are made for. So <laughs> I don't have oh to God. hear them talk while we have sex. <laughs> well, and to that, there's what's called initial attraction yeah. or, or, or primary attraction and secondary attraction. Mm. So primary attraction is where you look at someone, you're like, oh, my God, they're hot. Let's have sex. I like them. Like you're going through Instagram and you're like, yeah, oh, I like a dating them. app. Yeah. The, the, the primary attraction is going to be there. Whereas secondary rea- uh, attraction, which is where demisexuals generally thrive in the secondary is getting to know someone mm. and getting to talk to them and Who their personality the time for that demisexuals <laughs> <laughs> so demisexual people rely on and and need that secondary attraction um they don't they're they're not the types that just judge the book by its cover and say let's go they need to have that conversation they need to unpack things and get to know so, the person so with me um we met at a convention and then a year later I met at a convention again. When was it that you were actually attracted to me? Um, I, I was, I was, so I looked at you and I saw that you were very, you are an attractive person. Sure. So like, that's important to me. Um, but it was when I got to see your line of work, what you did, how you ran things. And when we initially actually made a connection in person and got to work together, like that's where I walked away from that, and I was like, like <clears throat> "Was it the first time or the year later, second time though?" Uh, probably the first time. First time. I, I couldn't yeah. tell you exactly, um, but definitely I I was attracted to you, and then we 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 formed an emotional bond through just kind of talking and and staying in contact. Mm. Um, but I I again we didn't even have sex until after that what second I was trip. attracted to you the first time I saw your ass. Oh, thank you. You're and welcome. see your primary attraction that works. Yeah. <laughs> where where I was attra- I was I was I was drawn to you because you seem like a good person, but I'm not emotionally invested or sexually attracted to you until we actually had the conversations and we got to like work together and have fun. But I think that and the biggest question I had through through and for this video is just, well, you've done sex work though. How does that work? Yeah, how does that work? I, I, and I, I talk about this in the video again, but I'm happy to like have a conversation with you because you have no problem springing a boner. I don't, I, I don't, you can spring a boner anywhere, right? which, whereas I have, and, and what's ironic is I sometimes have a problem springing a boner 
mainly when I don't like their personality. And I think that's pretty Which normal. Is ironic. I think that's pretty normal <laughs> to to be not attracted to uh, jerks. So in my in my explanation um, and my my story, sex is fluid. So I think that when I was first becoming sexually attracted or sexually aroused by things and and getting into sex, like hormones have a huge huge part in that. Like when I turned 12, 13, yeah, I was horny all the time and I wanted to you know, jerk off because it felt good. Asexual people can still jerk off and, and enjoy that. Well, sure, you have a relationship with yourself. Well, you, no, that's so, a good way to put it, actually. So you, you like yourself. I, I do like myself. <laughs> you like yourself a lot. And, and, well, and, and you keep your hands off. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Got so fresh, you slapped your face. Oh. <laughs> so there's still hormones. There's still chemicals happening there. Um, but when I got into sex work, I did it because I enjoyed kink in a non-sexual and a sexual way with people. But I wanted to have experiences that were interesting and different and not everyone kind of got to have. And as I was doing more and more sex work, kind of realizing that some scenes were amazing. I never needed to like kind of jerk myself off or get myself off to my own like imagery or erotica or porn um, because I had a connection with the person that I was working with that was beyond just like physical attraction. Like I didn't just have to look at them and be like, oh, they're arguably attractive. This person and I had chatted previously in DMs before shooting, or maybe we'd seen each other at a convention before, or maybe we'd actually chatted and like gone out for coffee or something. Like that kind of attraction is what was necessary for me to have those good scenes. But then I had tons of bad scenes where it was a struggle getting to the, the finishing part because maybe in one case in particular, maybe I had to share a room with the person the night before and they were on the uh, phone with their girlfriends or smoking pot in the hotel where we were not supposed to smoke. Like they were just real, uh, not attractive in a number of ways like that. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. And those scenes were terrible. I, I, I despised those scenes. It was so hard to do anything in that. But I definitely think that my early sex work career was driven a lot by hormones because I was a, I was a sexually repressed kid that went to Catholic school that came out as gay you know, fully to all my friends around like 18, 19 or somewhere around there. Um, and I, that, that had a lot to do. But sex in that regard is very fluid because I got all the, the juices out of my system. And then after I stopped doing sex work as a Not full-time job. Juices. Well, some of the, most of the juices. You have some juice left. <laughs> as I started to get like the sex work, full the full-time sex work. I still do it, but it's not like a full-time, full-time. Like that was back then where it paid all my bills. Um I started realizing that like, I don't really like having sex with people that I can't connect with. Mm. I don't like having sex. I'm not, I'm not attracted to, and that's where we talk about attraction to people like that. Unless I actually get to sit down and have fun. And so what I'm sussing out about this too, is if you don't have that attraction with somebody, you're actually okay with that. You're not, you don't have this uh, wanting need to have sex so much that you're out there seeking it. Yeah. Correct? Correct. Right. Um, Whereas I think some people, you know, if they can't find a partner or someone to have sex with, all they're thinking about is having sex and how to get it. Mm. So you don't have that drive. That if, if you don't have someone you're intimate with or trusting, it's not a drive of yours. You, 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 you get into your work a little bit more. You play games. You do mm -hmm. other things that are fulfilling. Not necessarily sex, but you're just as fulfilled. Yeah, well, like, and like an asexual. Sure, but I still, I still have a, a, a sex drive in such a way that, like, I'll jerk off and I'll, I'll get off and all of that. But I'm not 
forming and building tons of relationships with people or or just looking for sex on scruff like i've i've used the apps before scruff or recon or even grinder in the past but i have such a hard time connecting with people through that and more often than not i just i get so exhausted by it because i'm not mm. feeling aroused and the people on the other end are generally looking and experiencing the app differently and so if i'm not sending nudes and i'm not talking about how i want them to plow my hole like they don't reciprocate if that makes sense sure well most of them are laying in bed next to their husbands I know. well and then there's also <laughs> that but you know, like you know um uh, there, there's so much to it and and to that there's tons of different like terminologies um as far as like spectrum we know what a spectrum is right um am i on it <laughs> you're you are on a, a sexual <laughs> careful spectrum. how you answer this I'm, I'm talking about <laughs> sex gender identities um in such a way that like spectrum is 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 plotted out points that you exist somewhere between so like I was reading Ash Hardell's book again for like the fifth time because I, I really enjoy the ABCs of LGBT. Shout out to Ash. Um, and they talk about spectrum in such a way that like you have the, the male and the female and the non-binary could be a spectrum and you like plot yourself somewhere on this little like line chart graph. Mm. And that kind of helps people to define like while I am not a male or female, I'm non-binary, I might be more masculine or I might be more feminine. Same thing exists with like demisexuals so between super sexual like just nothing but sex and asexual or no sex like i would exist on if you were if, if like 100 percent was sexual and zero percent was asexual i would say i'm on like the 70 percent line mm. and that's that's where my demisexual exists because i'm a sexual person i talk about sex all the time i do get gratification from jerking off and and whatnot so are they gonna have um uh uh, new words for in between, so like at thirty percent and seventy percent. No. <laughs> I mean, there are different. So, so the, what was it? All all sexual, allosexual, allosexual. Mm -hmm. Then demisexual and asexual. So what's between quadsexual? There you no, go. no, I'm just joking. That was <laughs> you hear you heard it here first. <laughs> Three quarters coming up so, with no, spectrum stop names it, stop on it. what's the safe word? No, but but demi is is again directly related to building emotional bonds before having sexual attraction in that regard and i think that for some people it's an easy thing to be like oh yeah emotional bonds that makes sense but for others it's just like but that's everyone Ooh, and that's just it's not at the 30 and 70 percent no, okay. we could already. do a Lov lovato sexual and no, a more sexual no 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 <laughs> come on no. just use demi lovato and demi more for the other two spectrums no no <laughs> damn it you never like my ideas I love your ideas generally. Oh. Um, <laughs> actually, side note too. They yeah. just added a demisexual tag on Twitch. Did you see that? No, I did not yeah, see that. Yeah, they just added a bunch of new like tags around gender and identity. They even had like a furry tag for furries. Wow. That's yeah, great. I love that. I like that. So again, it's a, it's a term that a lot of people say isn't real because it actually started on message boards. Like mm. someone on Tumblr was just being like funny, I guess, back in the day in like 2006. Oh, so this isn't a scientific term. It, it, it has been adopted by um, the AVE. Oh, what is it? AVEN. Oh, I got to double check my. my, my uh, Avon? No, no, no. Um, ding God. dong. What? Ding dong. Hello. It's your Avon lady. Um. Anyway. So when did you first figure out this about yourself 
It was more, well, it's when I heard the term. Mm. It's when I heard it the term. It just clicked for you? Yeah. How it, long ago was this? Mm, I would say probably, I don't know, seven or so years ago. Oh, okay. Honestly, when I started doing uh, YouTube stuff, and my favorite comment that I found on the Twitter thread where people were asking questions was, why are there a very large amount of sex educators who fall on the asexual or demi or tend to use words that describe their their identity so much more than normal people and to that i was just like well because they're probably educated about it exactly exactly exactly. (laughs) they're literally studying the shit (laughs) i know and i'm not i'm not i'm not offended by the question because i think that it it kind of shows us how important sex education is see i didn't i didn't know so i'm learning i'm learning tons of shit right now yeah no but 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 to that like if you don't know what colors exist in a crayon box how are you going to know what your favorite color is you know, how are you going to identify with something that you like if you don't even know that it exists? Well, and I think that, and I'll bring up the couple friend of mine again. Um, I think that um, lots of people compare themselves to their partner's sex drive. And some people we say it's low libido and high libido, um, whereas it could just be the spectrum we're talking about where one has more emotional needs than the other one does. Yeah, the same way that you're never going to have two people that have the same exact sex drive. Almost mm-hmm. never happens. You might have different levels of attraction and your your the way you, that you see and experience and express sex might be different. Similar to like a love languages sort of thing. Mm. Like we have different love languages, but we can still get along and understand each other. Yeah, give me gifts, give me gifts, give me gifts. Uh, demi, demi more, demi, demi more. more. Demi oh more, demi more, don't me. I hate it, I hate it. <laughs> That's my love language. <laughs> Demi Moore is your love language? Demi Moore gifts. <laughs> so it can be referred to as Demi, Demisexual, Demi Romanticism, or hey, that one guy over there that I... No, <laughs> I'm just, just kidding, just kidding. Um, but true story, some someone did uh, message me on a dating app and was like, hey, you're that one guy on the, the sex education stuff. And then continue to just send dicks. And I was like, you had me as like an interesting person <laughs> until you didn't wait for me to say hello and sent 20 <laughs> dick pics. Don't you love when people say hello by saying, hey, you are so-and-so. <laughs> oh, thank you for telling me. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> I hate it. Um, anyway, the term was coined in 2006 on the forums of Asexual Visibility and Education Network. So A-V-E-N, the, the organization I was talking about before. Um, by a user by the name of Son of Zeal. Son of Zeal. Son of Zeal. Son, or Son of Zeal. Ma- oh, Son of Zeal. G- oh is God. he the key master or the gatekeeper? Oh, my God. <laughs> you, didn't, you did not get that? I didn't, know. Oh, my God. Daddy has to teach you. Where they expressed, <laughs> okay. where Son of Zeal expressed, uh, not experiencing sexual... I'm trying to read a freaking point. <laughs> not experiencing sexual attraction without first forming an emotional connection. Zool. <laughs> so Zool. I, <laughs> I'm kidding, keeping it fun uh-huh, and lighthearted uh-huh, uh-huh, for uh-huh. our listeners. <laughs> You're getting so heavy. Where Weighing sexual us down with facts. Orientation <laughs> uh-huh. is the gender you're attracted to. Demisexuality is about how you want to experience that sexual attraction rather than Wait, who. How? Yeah. So how do you want to experience it? By forming an emotional bond and oh. understanding that I'm I'm attracted to that person for who they are, for their sense of humor or their interests or or how they just, their ethics maybe. It's 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 a complicated thing, but like even if, if for, to use that example of the person who sent 20 dick pics, like 
if they had said, hey, you're that person who does sex education, I really enjoyed this episode or I really enjoyed this thing because it was super interesting and, and that's what I'm into. Engaged. Then I would have engaged and I would mm-hmm. be like, oh, I, I feel some level of attraction possibly to this person because we're sharing ethics or sex positivity or getting to know each other through more than just a dick pic. It's not about the sexual aspects of that person that I'm interested in. It's about the emotional and the and like the physical even sometimes because to me, in my mind, like let's say... Who's an attractive male in cinema that you think is really hot? Robert Downey Jr. Oh, see, I don't think he's attractive. Um, <laughs> Clive Barker. See, I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> um, who would you know? Um, I love this game. Um, Rob Lowe. Oh, I don't find him attractive. That what? I mean, I, arguably very handsome George guy. Clooney. Come on, everyone likes George Clooney. I feel like he's been problematic. Oh my god! Let's you okay. Here's here here no no no. Let's do the, um, you said attractive, not what you would be attracted to on a dimmy scale. No no, I get it, I get it, and I'm explaining like why I don't think that they're attractive conservatively to me. attractive. How about um who played Wolverine? Oh um, uh yeah. Oh, it's not the tip. Oh, of I my love this. Tongue. I I was I was gonna make it a conversational piece, but now that you don't know what, I'm just gonna wait. Um, Come on. He was in uh, The Greatest Showman. Yep. Um, the Greatest Show. Um, I don't know. What's his name? What's his name? Hugh. Hugh Jackman. There we go. Hugh <laughs> loved Jackman. the journey of that. Oh, my God. So, like, Hugh Jackman, for example. Yes. I'm going to use. Um, he's I think attractive. Th- I think he's super attractive. He's a jacked man. You know, he's got some it's nice It's right muscles. in the title. But to me, I think that he's attractive not only because he clearly takes care of his body, which to me is a, is a trait that I want in someone that I'm attracted to. Like mm-hmm. being in really good shape to me tells me that they take care of themselves. They're they're smart and they have a work ethic that keeps them in shape. But also Hugh Jackman has like gone on the record and what I think is attractive about him is like he's done like gay shit in theater. And when the news has been like, oh, is he in the closet? Is he? He just goes out and say, no, but like, I think that that's fine too. Yeah. Gay people are fine. Like, why is that such a big deal that I kissed a guy? Like, I find that attractive on top of who he, what he looks like and his talent as like a singer and an artist. And that, I think that he's a very attractive guy. Didn't Tobey Maguire do that too from Spider-Man? I don't know. Yeah. But I also want to say there that like, some people are like, well, then are you attracted to women? Are you attracted to to like are you bisexual then are are you you asking hugh jackman or yourself no people were asking me when i was talking about demisexuality so are you Uh, not generally no um because i'm still a gay demisexual like that's how i identify as a gay cis demisexual guy so like that's still while i am demisexual it still works in collaboration with like a youtube video you know my other identities that i exist as Mm. Which I which confuse it and that's where it gets confusing because I'm not gen- that confused. It's, it makes sense to me talking about you. <laughs> Usually, I am the one that confused, so I, I get the confusion. Yeah, but you you live with me and you live around me, so I'm curious. Like, what is your take on it? Well, I wouldn't know this because um, I we've just clicked from the very start. So, how would I know the people that came before me that you had to get to know them first? I mean, and and the way we met was kind of in a, um, it was at a sex convention. I mean, there was a lot of physicality to it. Yeah. You're hot. I'm relatively oh hot. 
So I thought this will work, and and it did. So uh, how would I know that you're a demisexual? Because other than okay, oh, so oh, this oh. is how I would know. Okay. <clears throat> so the 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 question I get asked the most is because I play with lots of boys and and people. I do content all the time. Um, we've had <clears throat> polyamorous relationships with other people. And I tend to have a lot more sex than you do with other people. Mm -hmm. And and you've always been allowed to do it with anyone you've wanted in our entire relationship. But you just you you very rarely do venture out on your own. Whereas I do it a lot. And people ask me, doesn't that make Amp sad or something? And I'm like, no, <laughs> Amp No, he's always <coughs> sad. No, no, he, yeah, Amp's always sad. No, Amp truly just isn't jealous and is happy that I'm happy. But if you're looking back on it, you, it does make you wonder how come Amp doesn't do the same and more often. I mean, <clears throat> I don't think um and if you did it at the level I did it, I don't know if I'd be happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. that's a conversation for another <laughs> that's time. That's a whole different topic. <laughs> but, <laughs> but to that, did you ever did you ever wonder like? No, I wondered it a lot. I'm like, am I satisfying you s that much sexually mm -hmm. that you don't feel the need to go outside of the relationship? But this actually answers that question. You need the emotional connection to be comfortable to do that. Mm -hmm. No, I, I, yeah, and I'm looking forward to you actually watching the video that hasn't been fully no, edited yet. No, I haven't yet. seen it yet. Um, so you're getting like a, a sneak peek here of daddy Ooh. not even seeing it. Um, and also, welcome to our therapy session. And, and that's why this is kind of new information for me because I, I hadn't really thought about it that much. And um, now that we're um, exploring this topic more, um, it, it all makes sense to me. To be clear, we have talked about it at least tangentially. And, and explaining all of the things that you guys have already heard in the first like 20 minutes of this podcast. So this isn't like, this isn't like surprise. Oh, no, no, yeah. no, no. You, no. you, you are aware. You and I have had this conversation. We communicated off, off the books, off the record. Right. So yeah, they, yeah, 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 yeah. I just want to make it clear because people are going to be like, oh my God, you explained this to him in person for the first time? <laughs> live. Welcome <laughs> to our living room. <laughs> Coming out live to my partner. Not clickbait, but actually clickbait. Anyway. Um... Yeah, so it, it actually makes more sense to me because, you know, I, I there were a couple of times when, especially when we were in poly relationships, I didn't want you to leave you out and um, and wondering, am I giving you enough? And um, and in most cases, I just didn't want to be involved because the person I, well, or, or in those cases, I was like, you would ask me if you thought someone was hot and be like, I'd love to get to know them. Right. That was almost <laughs> always my answer. Like even, even recently you, you've played with a, people that i do like as people but like i don't know who they are and you're like would you like to like do something with them and i my all always my first response is like i'd love to get to know them <laughs> <laughs> which i'm sure is exhausting for you because you just think i want to just talk to people non-stop but like that's well and and and, and it's hard to get to know. so some of the play dates i have are very um uh, sexual well, they're roles, so they're coming in to be a sub. I'm the dom. So it's all based on play. So there isn't that time to get to know someone very well. Mm -hmm. And I don't need to get to know them that well as long as we've already clicked and, and engaged in the, what the rules will be. If there's something they're attracted, attractive to you, you can Well, I just love role play. And so then, okay. if they stay in the role, I can be in my role. 
Um, and I don't need to get to know them very deeply. Meanwhile, they're, they're in the cage in the corner while we're like having a coffee and I'm just like, so what do you like to do? Boy, give me a drink. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that that actually makes me uh, think of to, to, to shave people a little bit of time. And, uh, before we get to the next topic, I want to talk about today's sponsor, which is Manscaped. Thank you. (laughs) I, I was trying to figure out the shave part because <laughs> I thought, like oh, did he, did he did he mispronounce save? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, today, I want to talk about Manscaped, which is our, again, our sponsor for our show. One of our first sponsors that ever popped in here. Um, and today they are offering the new Lawnmower 4.0, which we have a picture of here. If you're if you're watching the video podcast, Woo. Um, which I actually just uh, used the other day for the yeah. first time. Look at my nose. Oh, did you use yours too? Uh, no, I got I, I I used the weed whacker. Oh, right? I, well, they also I have all the weeds. The weed whacker, which is like a nose and ears trimmer, uh, amazing and perfect for for those of us that have lots of bats in our caves. Um, but Manscaped is the only brand dedicated to below the waist grooming and also now above the waist, um, and offer new shaving tools to uh, keep your pubes happy. Look, it gets excited. Too. Oh my god! Wow, well, that's because it, it comes in actually a really nice box. Um, but th- they are now offering the Lawnmower 4.0, which is an upsell of the 3.0 that we have had on the show before um, that is waterproof. And what makes it different is that it has 7,000 RPMs and features skin-safe technology to keep your genitals in check and help reduce manscaping accidents around the world. With the new on-off switch, uh, it makes sure that when you're traveling, you can literally, tr- it's like a dead, a dead switch so that it doesn't go off when you're jet-setting around the world. And it has a 4,000K LED spotlight on the end of it, which personally, as someone who enjoys manscaping, making sure like chastity play is good and clean, keeping the, the odor from building down there through all your hair and the bacteria down, I love it because I can actually see what I'm cutting, wh- where I'm cutting, and I don't ever nick myself because the ceramic blades are also a lot less aggressive than, say, a metal one. Don't be aggressive. Don't, Don't be, be aggressive. aggressive. Uh, but what I love, especially about Manscaped, is they have tons of other goods and uh, potions and lotions for your downstairs, regardless of what you're rocking or where. And the trimmer, as Daddy's mentioned, he uses it for his face sometimes, which, too. Which <laughs> my hair Silas, every time I go in, he's like, why don't you cut your ear? You look like an old man. Why don't you cut your ear hair? Now I've started with the lawnmower, <gasps> and he's like, oh, you did it. <laughs> he's so proud of me. I will say that while this is not like credit credit credibly like backed every time we had our friend that cut hair over during covid mm. he would always use my manscaped oh, razor right. and, instead and of his professional hair salon one because it kept a charge yeah it didn't have wires his always ran out it had a battery and a light yeah. and he was actually like where did you get this i want a, so a professional <laughs> barbers they approve manscaped yes. <laughs> so manscaped has even thrown in two free gifts to their professional performance package 4.0, which include the the boxers, um, as well as the shed travel bag, which, again, we've shown the travel bag all over the place. I use it for traveling all over the place. With code WATTS20, you get 20% off, free shipping, and all sorts of fun free gifts. So, again, that is code what? WATTS20. At manscaped.com, link down below. And uh, it's the perfect package for you and your perfect package. I love perfect packages. So thanks again, Manscaped. Go check them out if you want to support the show. They support us, and uh, we want to continue supporting them because my genitals have never looked better Yeah. or been less nicked. Anyway, speaking of shaving time, let's get back into the podcast. Okay. So you had just mentioned that 
like you can turn it on. You can usually find some sort of fantasy within the play that you have with people, whether it's for porn or for uh, a boy or for a client of some and kind. It, and it might be because I dehumanize them a bit because of the role play. I, I, I turn them into an object. I turn them into like this fantasy thing in real life. So I don't emotionally connect. I don't have to emotionally connect with them. I can be their dom. I can be their sir. I can give them orders and I get off on them doing what I tell them to do or vice versa if I'm the sub. So I don't need that emotional connection because when it's over, bye. Whereas my approach to sex in that regard and attraction is that I need that where, where you take it away and it makes it possible for you to be like sexual, like mm-hmm. you take away and you dehumanize. I need them to be somewhat human and to have their kinks and to to maybe be flawed and just be a fully formed person to really find that attraction. That's because you're a caring, loving human oh, being and I'm you. not. <laughs> um, I do want to just cover one quick uh, quote that I did use in the video okay. by Olivia Davis, um, who is a demisexual and has gone on the record for lots of content around demisexuality that said demisexuality is about desire and arousal, not just sex and who you do it with. It's not merely that I'm only interested in having sex with people that I love. It's also that I feel a complete absence of desire or sexual feelings toward everyone else. Mm. If that makes sense. So that's kind of a a huge differentiator. Everyone else. Yeah. Everyone else ever. What makes me demisexual is that absence. So, of course, I love you. But, but absence makes the heart Oh, my God. I knew thunder. that was coming. I knew it was coming, too. <laughs> and not, not just coming. Mm. Um, but but does, that, does that make... I hope that makes sense for people. Like it's a, that's what makes it complicated is, like, differentiating sex, arousal, uh, attraction. They all mean something different, but they all share very similar overlap in how we define them because the human language is imperfect and terrible at talking about sex. Sex could mean your gender. Sex could mean... You want to have sex. Sex could mean a number of different things depending on how you talk about it. Yeah. Um, and for me, like we've talked about like your, your way, the way in which you form attraction to people and do get aroused. For me, I can go into a scene that is with someone I'm not attracted to and I can think about porn or erotica that does turn me on. I still enjoy porn and erotica where there is clear emotions and attraction there who makes who makes porn that has emotions and attractions there daddy have you heard of the site called OnlyFans? oh yeah <laughs> so what i find really interesting around this topic and and is true for me too is that a lot of demi people do find only fan stars that they are really attracted to because much like uh, the way we, we create behind sense. the scenes content mm-hmm. and vlog, there are OnlyFans people out there that vlog their lives and yeah, they're naked in it sometimes and yeah, they're having sex, but it's not always the case. So that actually makes sense because I've been lecturing about OnlyFans phenomena too because mm-hmm. when we when we used to do porn, we were very careful about only objectifying the porn stars and not letting their personality come through because we thought that would ruin the fantasy. Well... Now, with the advent of OnlyFans and Just for Fans, the personality is the driving factor in why people subscribe to them. Mm-hmm. So, and probably me too. I know I have. I, I know I have uh, listeners here who subscribe to my OnlyFans to support me. That probably don't do it just to watch my porn. It's probably just personality and what I'm up to, and I, I like to. Mm-hmm 
talk on and and say what I'm up to and give updates on it. Um, so that's interesting. That's an interesting fact. Well, and 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 I it's not just a fact, but like true because I still enjoy certain types of porn, but it's only if maybe I and I'm lucky that I do know many of the porn stars that exist in kink.com or other sites that I watch. But there's definitely attraction there because I know who the people are and I find them attractive. And then I can kind of get off even more to them because I can, in my mind, build that fantasy that helps me get off. And I think why I enjoy erotica a little bit more too, because when you're reading something and you're getting inside the person's mind, you get a better sense of ethics, who they are, kind of their their personality. And that makes them more attractive. Yeah. I sexually get, arousing to me. I get that. Mm. So I have a question. So how how deep do you have to get emotionally with someone before you mm. want to engage with sex with them? I mean, is it like 50 dates? Is it like... I'm not Adam how Sandler, deep do you have so to go? Um, I think that that's a really hard thing to gauge because I have to like the person enough and build enough emotion that I like I can feel it as a creeping sensation of like as I get to know someone more. So you're calling me a creeper now? Oh yes, I have, a, I have I my stranger creeping, danger is creeping so sensations good. Of- no, but what I what I mean is like as I get to know someone, I do find that I am more open with them and more playful. And at times I can form an attraction there sexually, but it doesn't always like the people that I'm really good friends with. That doesn't mean I'm just like wanting to have sex with my good friends. Mm. I think that's a misconception that a lot of people have as well. It's like, Oh, well you just, it wants, you just want to get to be really good friends with someone and you want sex. I'm like, well, not quite. Cause like I have friends that I don't want to have sex with, but I love them to death. Um, And then I have people in the past that I've had like, flings with or like friends with benefits but they were still a friend first and foremost that we were both okay with like having sex Mm. okay and then i mean there's always the question of like kink because i mean we know kink isn't inherently sexual so what if so what if you engaged with somebody and liked them but then they weren't kinky what would you do um i mean that's fine I don't, I don't need someone to be kinky to want to have sex with them. But in my mind, kink is definitely uh, a starter for the sex emotions. Hmm. Because for me, and I think unpacking this topic was really interesting, just kind of thinking about it and reading through people's experiences. For me, the, the kinks that I'm into make a lot of sense. And I mean that by like... So, like, so your kinks are reading people? Because um, reading is what? Hard. Uh, <laughs> fundamental <laughs> wait a sec wait a sec speaking of reading oh. we, have, we have not even had any tea oh we've got oh my so god we got deep. so into this oh. not offensive tea or i won't find it attractive okay so yeah so we got so deep so fast that um i didn't even you're very think sleepy. about my dad tea. um but no can i have an issue you usually do. <laughs> so my phone, you know how it autofills like um, when, you, when you're on a website and they ask for like your um, email address. Sure. And you start to type it and uh-huh. then it starts to autofill like from the bottom. Why does my phone and why can't I change this? They, it always wants to autofill an email address I haven't used in six or seven years 
like uh-huh. like one of them is my email address from Colt Studio that I haven't worked at for six years. Okay. And never but I never ever type that in anymore. For the past six years I have never typed that into a website. But it always wants to autofill that. Is it still in your contact as your primary email? Because it no, probably defaults. It's not, it's not even that too. It's also anytime I misspell something, that becomes the autofill automatically. So like so like I always want to tag things, what's the safe word, right? Well, one time I misspelled what's the safe word and got the A, and now every Every time I start to do what's the safe word, it pulls up WTTS, the safe word. So your and phone, like, uh, why? there are settings in your phone that you have selected where you've told it that that misspelling is not wrong. So you need to fix your, your settings. You need to fix my settings. No, you have so many tech puppies. You can't get them to fix <laughs> oh that. Oh my God. It is so annoying okay, every well, single time. So again, the, the T is just daddy showing that he doesn't know how technology works. <laughs> and no the t is fix my technology to work properly the t is sounds like you work the kinks out of your technology oh no but doesn't that happen to you Does no that ever i fix it whenever whenever it happens i just fix well, it well how do you fix it you, you have to go into your settings so oh. like daddy daddy autocorrects to a capital d in my phone because i fix the settings to do that like you can tell your your phone what to spell if you start misspelling something it can ooh, autocorrect ooh, for ooh, you. Don't tell people this because Why? that's one of my... Um, Your other T's? No, that's how I catch boys because I tell them they have to capitalize boys, every single... Boys, just go into your, your preferred <laughs> no, no, words no, 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 in your that's phone. They get, they get punished tell if it, they don't capitalize it sir. That you don't want tell them. Anytime you not capitalize sir or daddy to no, capitalize, it, no, it fixes no, no, it right no, no, away no. for you. Shh, You're welcome. Shh, You're welcome. Shh, Speaking about working out kinks, oh my God. was that your T? That was my T. It was, it was okay. But but self-imposed, it sounds like. It was it was it was tepid. <laughs> Speaking of kinks, though, um, kinks and, se- and demisexuality. What is what's one of my kinks? Bondage. What is my my the biggest kink that I have? Puppies. Okay, and d- so think about it. Why why do you think that is something that I am into sexually as well, um, but not sexually? Like what? Because wh- it's engaging non-verbally. Sure, um, and also. Dogs are the fucking most emotional beings that you can tell exactly what's going on the very second that you either make it excited or sad or I think that the reason I'm really into things like puppy play is that there's so much emotional and emotional energy that is also derivative of like how happy someone is And, and like in the role play itself of like being a dog in that regard like dogs are so emotional and they love their their Part, or their handlers in this case, because they take care of them, because they love them, because they play with them, because like their whole world revolves around their their handler in that way. And when thinking about it, that I think is why I'm so drawn to puppy play or animal role play as a kink. I think that there's just, it's it's not only is it like projecting emotions into the relationship that you have, but it it revolves around having not only emotion but communication and sharing that kink is a very intimate passionate thing does that make sense it does but then so how do you get more emotionally attached with a stranger then i'm not generally trying to be emotionally attached with a stranger myself but i don't understand the question to to get engaged to be of sexual interest how do you through puppy play, get 
that attraction that you need and you desire for sex. Well, I'm not I'm not always uh, sexually being attracted to someone in puppy play. I, puppy play can be just a physical fun thing as well. Mm. That that's not that doesn't make it sexual. Not not all kinks are sexual, which I feel we've beaten to death now. That topic, that mm, point. Beating's my kink. Oh well, <laughs> anyway. that's why we. Do um, that. But then looking at other things I'm into, like bondage, that requires a certain level of trust. Yeah, oh, a lot, a lot of trust. Of trust. <laughs> oh, well, I was going to say a certain level of creativity, um, understanding. It's, you need to actually put time and effort into learning to be able to do bondage. Mm. Um, but then, of course, trust, putting yourself in such a vulnerable position. So I, I see in that why I am so attracted to both of those, both sexually, but not sexually, as a, as a demisexual person. Okay. What other questions do you have? Do you have any other, what, what else is confusing for you? I want to answer your questions and talk through it. They're not confusing. I, I actually, I haven't been confused by anything. They actually, if anything, they they uh, it brings clarity to okay. how you are and how you act. Um, sure. So then, um, actually, so the, so maybe this is a good a good um, stepping point for poly relationships. So. How would you be more comfortable in a poly relationship? Because I know in the past when we've introduced someone into our relationship, poly, I've tried to make us all sexually click all at the beginning. Yeah. And I don't think that's been successful each time. Well, mostly um, because I, I always want to, to get to know the person and and they might just be interested in sex, which is a huge turnoff if that's the only thing that you find attractive about me. So like that person, if, if you're trying to get in bed with someone who says they're demisexual, you need to be very conscious of their emotional state and their emotions. And I think that this is where it's caused confusion for partners in the past where I'm like, I'm not feeling sexual right now because you're being a jerk or you're being rude or you're not being conscious of where I am emotionally. And that's making it hard for me to connect with you right now, if that makes sense. Are you calling me a jerk? No, I'm not. I said in the past. I, mean, I said in the past. I'm just talking about my experiences prior to our relationship and what kind of helped me to to come to terms with with where I lie on that spectrum. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally does. And that's that's where like if if the partners in our poly relationship are being rude to you, maybe that's also going to get in the way because oh, really. Well, yeah. So they have to be nice to me all the time. I didn't say that. <laughs> don't put words in my mouth. You can put lots of things in my no, mouth. I'm liking this more no, and more. No, no, this no, is no, good. No, no, no. I like no. this. Duly noted. <laughs> don't turn the puppy off. Be nice to me. <laughs> Works for me. Continue. <laughs> but also, that doesn't mean I'm not capable of flirting either. No, you're a, a huge a lot of flirt. People. That's why it's confusing. Excuse me? You're a huge flirt. Excuse me. Have you seen your ass? Well, that's just, <laughs> that's just it, though. I can still I can still feel good about wearing something that looks sexy because I think I look nice in it. So then, does that ever get you into trouble because you're flirting but you don't mean it? Yes, I think that a lot of times when I am just being myself, it is seen as flirting with someone. So they think you're sexually interested in them, right? Yeah. On. Well, sometimes I, I don't want to assume everyone's intent, but I do find that. I'm I'm not always being sexual when I'm talking with someone. I if I'm flirting, sometimes it's And stop looking like that. Oh my god, stop it. Don't well, don't blame me. You're just drawn me. that I'm way, not, I guess. I'm just No, what I'm trying to be serious. I I'm what I'm saying is like 
I'm still capable of flirting that I with someone that I am sexually interested in, but also through trying to get to know someone, a lot of people take that as flirting, you know? Right, because, I mean, it's very... If you're showing an interest in somebody and who they are, mm-hmm. they, they think that you're very interested in them. It doesn't, which you, doesn't mean I'm not. Okay. You know, but I, I still go through the, the paces of getting to know someone and trying to... So my question is, do you flirt with people that you actually aren't sexually interested in yet? Not generally. Oh. I don't think. But also, that that's such a hard question to answer because... I only ask, ask there, the there, hard questions. There are so many pieces to a person if that makes sense there's and and so like for me when it came to like porn and and sex work i could see a pretty good smorgasbord of who the person was based on what they said online what they posted online how they posted it that is a that's a huge driver of of my attraction to like co-stars and how that can form not the only way not not the not the end all be all but do you kind of see what i mean when i say that Mm mm-hmm Cause like, so have you ever pretended to be sexually interested in someone um, to, to get force attraction? It? No, not to force oh. it, but like to get through it, especially on a set. So, uh, Oh, I've definitely gone out of my way to be like, oh my God, you're so hot. Even if I'm not sexually attracted to them at the time. Um, but that's me trying to make to, them comfortable. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That, that's playing playing the game as, as a person who's doing porn. Like, so do you pretend not to be demisexual in order to get the job done. Um, I mean, I don't think that's that's such an odd question. <laughs> I don't think that you should know. Ever, I only ask odd well, questions. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, I'm still a gay guy. I'm still yeah. into dick. I'm still into yeah. to getting fucked. I'm still like, I'm go- I can go through the paces and get off while getting fucked. Like, yeah, but I'm not having sexual attraction to that person in that moment i'm getting off and i'm fantasizing about something else that really turned me on maybe about our relationship or some sort of erotica i was just looking at why do you fantasize about our relationship i'm using our relationship as a fully (laughs) formed fantasy that turns me on you dork you know what i mean though right i do okay and i've absolutely used that to get through a scene because it's still work at the end of the sex work is work oh yeah you know they call it a money shot for a reason Exactly. Yeah. And I'm able to get to that money shot because I'm able to fantasize about mm-hmm. it. Oh, mm-hmm. But I, th- I don't know. At the end of the day, I don't think it's super complicated, but there's always so many misconceptions around. So identities. what do you think the biggest misconception about it is? Um, well, I think we've covered a lot. Of I them. mean, I, how many people do you think are demisexuals but don't know that's what they are? Or... It's they haven't defined themselves that way. It's it, I think tons. I think that I think tons based on when I just kind of glossed over it in that one kink at pride video mm-hmm. um and kind of just briefly explained it. A lot of people were like, "Oh, that that me. It me." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Okay, good for you. I love that. Let's empowerment. Yay." Um and then some of them had other questions about like, "It is it me?" <laughs> and and we kind of talked through it and I was like, "I'm doing a video." I think that our society does such a bad job talking about gender and identity that yes some of these some of these identities start as just a a blog post on a, a twitter forum before twitter was a thing back in 2006 but some of these things are real real experiences that we just haven't got given a word to yet there's no terminology for it you know it's like looking at the color blue and not having a name for the color blue yet it's a thing that exists but 
Did you, did you ever read The Giver? No. Oh. It's a book about a society that color has been taken away from everyone's sight, except for like one or two people. And that person sees color and they're able to pretty much give that experience, like give that to other people to experience. Like, okay. so they, they don't have colors in this world until the giver gives people the ability so to see how colors. Do, how do they describe periwinkle? Not the point. Um, <laughs> anyway, what I'm trying to say is we're pretty much givers. We just give, you know, we I just see. give to you people. Give colors. We Got give, it. no, we give terminology to <laughs> like people. Like the colors of the wind. Paint with all the colors <laughs> of the wind. Yes. I think that there's lots of people that don't know how they identify because our society does not equip us with all the colors. Sure. Using that analogy. Um, and so we are Pocahontas. No, we're not Pocahontas, although great movie. <laughs> um, I just, I think there's tons of people that don't know how to describe their experience, be it gender or sex, because we don't talk about the different experiences that exist until, hey, you know what? At age, I don't know, 22, I was like, hey, this word that I found on this YouTube video from, from this person who covers sex and gender kind of feels like me. And then I experienced more sex work and more sex with, with tons of other people. And I'm like, definitely is me. And I'm able to ride that line of being able to have what would be, quote unquote, a normal sexual relationship. But I'm still feeling weird about myself and how I'm attracted. So why do you feel weird about yourself? I See, to me, this isn't weird. I don't, I don't understand. So society mostly that, that deems, that deems not being able to form a, a connection with someone. But see, that's where I think, I think that most of society tries to push you in that direction. I know. So I, why would that be weird for society? Think of it like an internalized form of like homophobia. Like you feel like you're wrong for being gay just because society is like, you're going to hell, you know, that, that does a number on you when, when you are only given <laughs> the the straight heterosexual version of sex and relationships you feel weird when you're like no i just need to get to know someone like a lot before mm -hmm. i feel i want to have a relationship with them okay I, I i does that make sense yeah like i like that question I, I think that's a good that's a good question but like it's the same thing as like well doesn't everyone need an emotional like a relationship to have a relationship no no you, some people can t choose to turn that off for a one night stand or a two night stand or a couple months night stand I just, I'm not the type. I, I, and this also explains why people are very confused when other people are different because they're mm -hmm. comparing them to themselves and how they are. So, or how society expects us to be. Right. Yeah. So hearing your story and, and, and experience then helps me to understand everyone is different. Yeah. And that's not saying that like, I, I, I can't form emotional connections with other people and fall in love with other people. But like, also I don't, want to you know that's also an option hey, like i don't I'm, feel like i want to have another relationship with a i'm bunch not of gonna fight this this is good for me i like it <laughs> i am gonna fight you here in a second as, as long as i keep engaging with you and listening to you and maybe occasionally apologizing oh <laughs> no that's it that's it actually um in closing uh okay. what are some ways in which you can appease no not appease yeah what are what are <laughs> oh i know <laughs> Go, no did you have something to say no 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 did you, did you have something to say being compassionate um yes. having um uh uh what's that word when you compersion not compersion okay. empathy 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 yes. mm -hmm. um, all about emotions because you respond well to empathy when i'm empathetic 
you respond really well to that. Yeah, and even if I'm it's not your not, fault. <laughs> even if it's not you your fault. You close down like a clam. Yeah, because my emotions are very <clears throat> integral to who I am. So and like, sometimes if you're I'm like being dom daddy da 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 Yeah. My way, especially if I'm in project mode, then you just oh, shut I down. It. I hate it. <laughs> so how to have a relationship with a demisexual, be empathetic. Be over apologetic because even if it's Overly not your fault apologetic. when something happens, that person is still going through emotions. But and that's if they such don't a hard one for me. I, I don't because care. I feel like that's if I didn't do I anything wrong, why am I apologizing? Because in that in that instance, you you not realizing how I feel only I further can't. makes it worse. You know, I get it. No, and, and we've we've talked about this at length yeah. between us. But I just I'm <laughs> just, I'm making I'm cementing I'm I'm like trying to drive that point home is like. Emotions are very important to right. people that are demisexual. Um, so is communication. And that's why I communicate way too much. And you hate it sometimes. Start a podcast <laughs> where you talk about your relationship in front of millions of people. <laughs> if you want to have a good relationship with someone who's demisexual, talk about what makes you really fascinating and interesting as a person. Talk about what you're passionate about. Mm. Talk about what you're, what makes you shine and do the same for your partner. Ask them about what they're really interested in and don't just, I mean, you can, you can fake it to make it. Like sometimes if you don't want to really get to know someone, you can still ask questions and then eventually make the relationship happen because you learn to enjoy that person for who they are and, and learn to, to get to know them. Uh, I mean, I ask questions about people because I want to form that bond, mm. you know, and form that possible relationship that could exist but for me it's not a choice of if i'm attracted to that person or not it's it's something i have to learn and, and grow and, and foster and that comes with communication and that's interesting because i i kind of am the opposite I'll, I'll dive in deep when i'm really strongly attracted to someone and i need to dive in deep before that attraction happens i know yeah you, you have you have initial attraction i have secondary attraction if you turn my head i want to ask you questions <laughs> oh my if you turn my head you can turn my um but that's that, i think that's the biggest thing is like communicating being empathetic and just being interested in each other is super helpful to a demisexual <laughs> so daddy what do you have any last questions any have we solved demisexuality no we're getting near the, the, any the, last questions we're, we're getting near the end of the podcast um oh I don't know. I feel like we covered everything. I think so. And what about our listeners? Did they have any questions? Oh, I don't know. They'll have to ask us in the comments <laughs> down below or on social media. There will be a, a video going up where I, I dive into some parts of this conversation a bit deeper. Um, but at the end of the day, demisexual people exist. They're valid. It's an experience. And while not your experience, doesn't mean you can't respect that and just kind of understand where you're coming from. Because if I can understand where straight people are coming from for the first 25 fucking years of my life and have that shoved down my throat... I think you can listen to an hour-long podcast and understand where other identities might be coming from. <laughs> what do you think, Daddy? Yeah, I, agree. I completely <laughs> agree. I am being very empathetic towards you right now <laughs> what do you and mean? listening <laughs> to everything you're saying and nodding in agree agreement. Fascinating. And very if you fascinating. don't, no. <laughs> but, Daddy, if they wanted to ask you questions, uh, where can they find you online? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Christopher Weston or uh, MrChristopher.com, and that's Christopher with a K. And if you want to find me, you can look everywhere for PupAmp, all one word, P-U-P-A-M-P. This has been the What's Your Save Word podcast, which exists on all sorts of different platforms. If you're listening to this, how are you listening to this if you don't know where you're <laughs> listening to it, too? 
But if you want to, uh, if you're on iTunes or not, we would love a review because that helps our channel grow on the podcast spaces. And it looks good for algorithms. And we love we love just some algorithms getting fucked over by like. algorithms. <laughs> some algorithms don't treat us well I am well not at in a sexually attracted relationship with <laughs> the algorithms. Be, do, you, <laughs> do you have to have a demisexual no, attraction no, no, towards okay, an like, al- oh algorithm before it works? Maybe what's, that's your problem with YouTube. And you can find <laughs> what's the safe word where we cover or I cover this in a video this coming week uh, on YouTube. This has been what's your safe word. You have just been douched. Daddy, what should people try? Um, you should try douching. <laughs> no, you should try listening to your partner and actually having a conversation about whether you're demisexual or not, because, um, I, I feel like a lot of couples, uh, compare themselves to the behaviors of the other one and trying to either keep up or match. And sometimes that couples are different. And True. Yeah, yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback on that and just say try asking your partner if they identify with anything that's maybe a little bit outside of the the norm because sometimes it's it's not easy to come out for literally a third time. I've come out as gay. I've come out as kinky. I've come out as demi now. That is three. The power of three will three set strikes. you free. You you're know? out. No, 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 no. no and you're we will out. talk to you're you guys out of the closet. You're next out. time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> why is it? Why, why was it out? Why can't? You're out of the closet. Oh, well, three strikes is usually a bad thing. No, I know, but let's make it a good thing. I like striking people. (laughs) Three strikes. You win. (laughs) Let's turn it around. See what I did there? See? Gonna put you in a batting cage. Oh. Give me a give me a cage and a bat. (laughs) Loving it. I'm loving the direction this is going. And cut.